Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Those equipment, if you will, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. Again, this is the actual text before uh, uh, what we talked about this past Sunday. It reads as follows out of the New King James Version Bible. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. Two important points there. To know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might know that, he, excuse me, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Hold that and go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be going back and forth to this. You might as well hold that. Um, because that will be a Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through th- 4, will be another important scripture that we will look at tonight. It's going to sound very familiar to you when I read it to you. If you, you were paying attention to what you read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 4 reads as follows. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You notice here that Jesus and also the children of Israel were led to the same place, the wilderness. Verse 2, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. The children of Israel stayed in uh, the place for 40 years. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. 40, significant number again. Verse 3. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And notice how Jesus answered when the tempter came. But he answered and said, It is written. Where did he, where did he get it from? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Man should not live. It is written, Man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of who? God. Notice how simple that is? So based on what it's read tonight, we're going to get to where we need to get to. I want to talk to you from this topic. It is important that I pass the test. It is important that I pass the test. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your word tonight. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to grab everything you have for us tonight. We bind the enemy, we cast them out, and we thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. Let's go back over to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. So when Moses wrote this, he's speaking about the commandments which were commanded to them. And as he wrote that, he said, he told them, the children of Israel, this. The reason I'm giving you these commandments is so you may live and you may multiply. 
So we see the goal of every commandment is for the children of Israel to live and multiply. To live, one definition of to live is to live prosperously. I like that definition. If you're going to live, let's live the way God wants us to live. We don't want, listen, I, I like my way, listen, you may like your way of living, but God has a better plan for the way you live your life. And I surely appreciate that God has a better plan, and I want us all to follow God's plan for our life. Not only that, it restored the life of hell. One thing I thought about this is that if you live long enough, probably chances are you will need to be restored back to life or health one sooner or later. Not that something we're uh, proclaiming something negative. It's just when the enemy comes, when you run across life's trials and tribulation, you may be need to be restored to life or to health. Quicken. Remember, I believe it's the book of Ephesians. You who were dead in trespasses and sin, he quickened you. He called you to come back alive again, to revive, to cause to grow. So he wanted us to live, and not only that, but to multiply, to become many, to enlarge, to increase, to make great. Remember how I talked about in one particular portion of Scripture where he says, one planet, one water, but it's God that gives the what? Increase. So we see that God is the one who causes increase to take place in our life. And, of course, the other definition is this, to increase faster. So we see that the commandments were there for us to live, and they were there to multiply. The commandments were not there just to tell you a set of rules of what to do or what not to do. But the commandments have a purpose behind them. And Deuteronomy, Moses, excuse me, in the, in the writing, in the letter of Deuteronomy, he's teaching us that God wants us to live and he wants us to multiply. So when God tells you to do something, remember, God got a bigger purpose in, in mind. He's got a bigger purpose in mind. In fact, that's what I believe you read in John 10 and 10. Let's go to John 10 and 10. And as you're getting it, the word of God is here to help us to increase in every area of our life. Just like God did in the Old Testament, Jesus came for us to have life and life more abundantly. And we read that over in the book of John, chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus came on the earth that we, I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. When he says abundant life, a superior life, a life with the advantage, a more excellent life than what you had before, supremely much more than before. We, and that's why we must shift our mindset to thinking, talking, and acting like children of God who has the advantage. Our mindset has to be like that. It can no longer be a poverty mindset. And poverty is not about what I'm talking about as far as money. I'm talking about your mindset. Because you can have money with a poverty mindset. You don't want to give. You don't want to do what's right by God, so forth and so on. So we want to make sure we got the right mindset. And it was a godly mindset, which is the abundant mindset. So just like he did in the book of Deuteronomy, we see why Jesus came on the earth. To take away this from why Jesus came is to take away the very one of the very purposes that God came on the earth. 
You can't take away that God wants us to have life and have it more abundantly because that's one of the reasons he came. He said, we can't. He came to save me from my sin. Yeah, but he also came because you got to live after you become born again. You got to live. And so he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So he, our mindset should be to agree with what God says. If I'm thinking with my old thinking, I want to make sure that I come into this new mindset where I think and talk and act like a child of God who has the advantage. Not to take advantage, but I have the advantage. Y'all see the difference there? We're not going to take advantage of anybody, but we're going to have the advantage. Moses goes on to explain the reason that the Lord gave his commandments is so that we could go in and possess the land. Again, in Deuteronomy 8 and 1, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply. And after you, he says, you're going to live and you're going to multiply, and then you're going to go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. So he gives the commandments. The commandment is a divine rule. It is a statue and order given. So when God gives a divine rule, it is order for us to go in and possess, which is to seize, to occupy, and to take possession of land. One of the things that I was thinking about is this. The re- one, when he tells us he gives us commandment, is to get our mind ready so when we get there, we'll do what God tells us to do. You know, God does not need people to go in it with their own agenda once they get into the land they have. Because your agenda will not get the purpose of God done. We need his agenda once we get to the position where we're possessing. And when we're taking, we're seizing, occupying, and taking possession, we need to have God's agenda and his divine rule when we get there. Because this is what you need to know. Once you possess it, God was not going to go back and take it from him because God, he's not like other men. God, when he gives it to you, the gifts and calls of God are without repentance. He's not going to take it from you. He's going to make sure. He said, hey, I gave it to you. That's why he told him later on, remember, it's the Lord thy God to give thee power to get well. Remember, they already had it, but they had to remember who gave it to them. And this is what you need to understand. He gives us these commandments. So once we get it, we'll remember who gave us this wealth. Thank God for wealth. Somebody say, thank God for wealth. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that all the promises of God are yes and amen according to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. So when God made a promise like this, a declaration of our assurance to declare something will happen. So when God tells you something, it's a declaration, it will happen. And one thing about God's promises, his word cannot return back to him, boy. I need to know this, but I also need to know that God is going to work on his timetable. I cannot rush God, but then again, I can't go behind God neither. When it's time for me to go, I need to go when he tells me to go. I need to move, possess when he tells me to possess. I need to occupy, take possession of the land when, it's, when it's, he tells me to do this. So when he gives a command, when he gives a promise, remember, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. In my opinion, each time we hear and apply his word, we increase our advantage or our wealth. We increase that. I want to say this to you. A command is telling me this. God is trying to get something to me. Isn't that good news? God is trying to get something to you. You know, sometimes you can think, hear a command, and in your mind, your old mindset, you think, 
God, just they, they're trying to hold me back. No, they're trying to hold you back. They're trying to get something to you. Sometimes it's discipline. He's trying to get to you. Sometimes it is uh, character. He's trying to get to you. Well, I can't do it yet. No, God said, hold on a minute. I need to get something in you before you get it. Because you can be undisciplined and get some things, and boy, you'll mess that thing up once you get it. Boy, that's good news right there. Some of y'all been, some of you, listen, don't tell nobody, but some of us used to be guilty of that very thing. We got things in an immature state. And when we got it, we messed it up too, boy. You know what God does sometimes for you? He'll pay off two or three credit cards, and you can't even tell it six months later. Lord, look how they're looking at me here, Lord. You ain't never been that road. We keep praying for the rest of us. I mean, he'll pay it all. He, that thing will be gone. He'll be like, whoo, good God Almighty. You get that statement, that statement look good too. 0.00. What's due? 0.00. How much you owe? 0.00. That's a good looking statement, ain't it? Woo. It don't matter what the interest rate is, because it's what? 0.00. It interest rate can be 92%. We like, whoo, balance 0.00. That's a good looking statement, ain't it? But if you ain't careful, six months later, oh, Lord. <laughs> I thought you paid this thing off six months ago. I did. <laughs> but due to immaturity, I got back into what God had delivered me from. Now, you listen, you might have never experienced that before. For some of us in this sanctuary, that's a real statement. That is a real statement. And so now God is telling us, now I'm going to get you out this time, and you ain't going back. This time, you're going to cut the card up. This time, it's say 0.00. You're just going to keep, listen, you're just going to pay it off again. The balance is going to be $200. You're just going to pay that $200 off. 2000 paying the 2000 off. It don't matter what it is because God has given us power to get well to knock that thing out. So when you get that statement, they're going to say 0.00. Can y'all say it with me? 0.00. Can you tell me, can you, can you tell two more folks 0.00? One more person, 0.00. And that's what God is getting us to, y'all. Getting to that 0.00. Thank you, Lord. Can anybody use the 0.00 statements? Not just one statement, maybe two or three, four or five. I don't know how many statements you got, but that's what I'm saying. God is trying to get something to you. Now, I want you to notice in this particular text that every commandment which I command you that you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And in verse 2, and you should remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. I said, God, lead me somewhere else, but not the wilderness. The wilderness is an uninhabited land, uncharted land. A land where, when you say wilderness, you're going to look for some obstacles in the way. You're not going to look for things to be normal like you do when there's no wilderness out there. And God, before the children could possess the land, the Lord took them through the wilderness. And as children of God, we will go through uncharted problems, situations, relationships, etc., that is designed to test us. Even before Jesus started his earthly ministry, he went through the wilderness too. 
Go back over to the book of Matthew chapter 4. We see the children of Israel were led into the wilderness, but also I want you to notice who else was led into the wilderness. When he started his earthly ministry. Verse Matthew 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So he was led, he was navigated. He was brought to a place, into an uninhabited land to be tempted by the devil, as we reference in this particular scripture. Children of Israel were led into the desert, wilderness, I should say. Jesus was led into the wilderness. And notice, each one of them were being tested. Being tested. Ooh-wee. And I, I appreciate the fact that Jesus took the same test that the children of Israel took. Many times we go through life and we think we're the only ones going through what we go through. But Jesus lets us know you're not the only one that's dealing with what has dealt with and is dealing with what you're dealing with right now. You know, sometimes people come to you, especially if you get older in ministry, they come to you, man. I ain't never seen a problem like this before. This thing is something else. Pastor, have you ever dealt with something like that before? And because you ain't panicking, because you already panicked when you went through it. Y'all didn't get that day. Keep, keep, keep thinking about it. Keep praying. Keep praying. See, you already went through it. You already panicked. Through in the towel. You already said, oh, woo, this is awful. Woo, God, what we going to do? You already been through it. So now you sitting back with them. Okay. You tell, you tell them something like this. Oh, this too shall pass. Then somebody, we mean this too shall pass. I need a better scripture than that. I need you to touch and agree that I'm out of this situation right here. I'm telling you, you can touch group with some people all day long, but sooner or later, they got to go through this, this desert. I mean, this wilderness. Sooner or later, they got to deal with these relationships. They got to deal with this supervisor. They got to deal with this, this children matter. So they got to deal with their family. They got to deal with uncharted territory. And let me say this to you. As much as I pray for everyone in the sanctuary, I can't stop when it's your time to go into the, into the wilderness. Ooh-wee. Just like you can't stop me from going into the wilderness. I wish I could grab some of y'all because I see you going. God, stop them. God, don't let them go. Because my mind, they can't handle it, God. Whoa, this is a rough one right here. Because you've been through it. You know, well, you've been through a few wilderness days. You can see the wilderness where they, somebody get ready to go through. You're like, whoo, I don't want them to go through because that was a rough one right there. Boy, you can see the, you can see how bad it's going to be. You're like, oh, God. Whoo. All you do is like, just help me, Lord. <laughs> I can't stop him. See, nobody could have stopped Jesus from going into the wilderness. Nobody could have stopped the children of Israel from going into the wilderness. They had to go through it, y'all. Well, sometimes, y'all, we're going to have to go through the wilderness, y'all. Oh, Lord Jesus. Sometimes we're going to go through a financial wilderness. Sometimes we're going to go through a challenge in the body wilderness. Sometimes we're going to go through a mental wilderness. You're like, like, oh, God, I don't want nobody to go through no mental wilderness. That mental wilderness is something else. From personal experience, mental 
wilderness is something else. Personal experience. Now, you, I'm sure everybody got their own wilderness they could testify about. That's Dobbs. You don't know my family wilderness. Ooh-wee. I'm like, yes, you're probably right. Oh, you don't know my job wilderness. I said, whoa, yeah. Woo. You're probably right. <laughs> That's not, you don't know my challenging my body wilderness. And I'm like, whoa, you're probably right. But I do know this. Everybody goes through a wilderness. You know why? Because Jesus went through a wilderness. And if Jesus went through a wilderness, oh, my sister and my brother. That's not, did he go through so I wouldn't have to go through Keep, keep believing that. <laughs> keep believing that. Because somebody would tell you something like that, and almost like you, but then they'll tell you that, and next thing you know, I'm in the middle of the wilderness. What did they tell me I ain't going through the wilderness before? I'm in the middle of this desert. <laughs> I'm in the middle of this wilderness. All around me is trees and bushes and kudzu and, and brush, sticky briars. They call them sticky briars? I don't even know what they call them. All I see is stuff around me and tell me I'm not going through a wilderness. And this is the thing. You notice, Jesus was not even, I ain't talking about the devil led him down. The Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. The children of Israel, God put them in the wilderness. Because why? He wanted to test them. He wanted to test them. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to a land full of milk and honey. But before you get there, you want to go through the Oh, God can cancel all my debt before you get there. You may have to go through a wilderness. Oh, God going to heal my body, but before you get there, you may have to go through a wilderness. You know, for you to think right, you may have to go through a wilderness. I, listen, let me say this to you. I could pray from here until midnight that you don't go through a wilderness. It may not even do me a lick of good. All I'll be doing is be wasting my time. Because you, listen, not my will, but his will be done. Let me say this to you. If I prayed and you didn't go, I would do you a disservice. I would do you a disservice if I prayed you didn't go and you didn't go. You will miss out on what God has for you. Because on the other side of the wilderness is a land flowing with milk and honey. Is a land where your more than enough is there. And the other side of the wilderness is your debt freedom. The other side of the wilderness is your more than enough. The other side of the wilderness is your supernatural multiplication. The other side of the wilderness is that supernatural anointing that God has waited for you. So I do you a disservice if I pray that you didn't go through it. Hallelujah. Now, Let's look at this a little bit further. So they had to be, oh, let me read this. Up. At times we may extend not stay in situations just as the children of Israel did. Now, the children of Israel, they stayed longer than what they had to. They didn't have to stay as long as they had to. But because of disobedience, he said, oh, I'll let you go. You know one thing about God? God ain't got to do much to get your attention. You know, I'm going to say this point for a little bit later, but let me go and get this to you right quick. The wilderness should be enough to get some of our attention. But no, we're going to go ahead and say, you know what, God, I just, I'm going to try to find me a shortcut out of this wilderness. That's why you end up being a long cut. <laughs> Woo! Yes, Lord. 
And so this is what you need to understand. Some of us in this sanctuary can testify that that wilderness is something else. And sometimes we try to give people, don't give people false hope like they ain't going to go through nothing. Tell, them, tell that story. Well, you know what? Since you're on the Lord's side, everything going to be cookies and cream. You're like, put boy, enough to bag cookies up in there. That I'm telling you, and the milk is full. Y'all better come tell me. <laughs> Don't you tell folks stuff like that when you know it ain't right. You sitting in the middle of something. You're not well, not because you're more mature. See, mature folks can handle the wills a whole lot better than immature folks. Sometimes immature, let me tell you something. Immaturity, when you don't take advantage of applying the written and revealed word of God, the wilderness can almost run you out of church. The wilderness can have you saying, the church ain't right. The wilderness will have you saying, my family ain't right. When really ain't about the family, it's about you being in the wilderness. And guess who got you there? God himself. I can pray all day. Lord, I, don't, don't send them through with God. It ain't going to matter. It ain't going to matter because who leading you up there is bigger than me. It ain't my will being done. It's his will. I pray nobody go through it. Some of the stuff I've been through. But I pray that when you go through, you'll come through. All right? Now, I'm getting got moved. Got moved. Let me move on because I got a little excited right now. Hallelujah. Now, while in the wilderness, the Lord tested them, the children of Israel. He tested them. We see this over in verse 2, Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. And you remember the Lord your God who led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Now, I, I'm coming back to, to um, humble you, but I took, first of all, to test you. Notice what he says. He's going to test us. He led us in the wilderness to test us. He led us in the wilderness to test us, to prove us or to try us. He led the children of Israel in the wilderness to prove them and to try them. He wanted to know. He wanted them to know what was in their heart. Now, anytime you read the Bible, what God is testing somebody hard, he already knows what's in people's heart. That, that God, God ain't sitting there trying to figure out what's in your heart. He knows what's in your heart. He knows it better than you do. But the test is to prove to you what's in your heart. Always remember that. The test is to prove to us what's in our heart. What is in our mind, heart represents the mind, the choices, our thinking, our understanding, our moral character. So we need to understand what's in our heart. Why do we choose the way that we do? Why do we think the way that we do? Why do we understand things the way that we do? And why is it our character, why is our character the way that it is? And I've learned over the years, nobody has the same heart. We're all different in some form or fashion. And that's what makes it beautiful to me. Because God made, excuse me, God is helping us to get all get our heart together. Jesus revealed to us what has really influenced our choices, our decisions, our thinking, and so forth. He revealed it to you. But remember, it's no secret to God. He knows exactly what's in your heart. So when he takes you through these testing periods or proven periods, it's for us. It's for us. Remember, when he's trying to get something to us, he's got to show us what's in us. 
And I'll be honest with you, I ain't never liked everything God showed me about myself. Not if I want to get what's right. But I realized that God's grace is sufficient. Let me tell you something. If you ask God to show you your heart, you, probably he's going he to show you something that you, and this is what you've got to understand about God. He's going to show you something that you may not exactly agree with, but he ain't going to show you everything about you. He'll show you enough. Oh, that's why you need to pray. He'll show you enough. That's why you need to be in church. He'll show you enough. That's why you need to study your scripture. He'll show you enough. That's why you need to treat everybody right. That's why he'll show you enough. Oh, you can't put your finger in nobody. You see that stuff in your heart. He'll show you what's in your heart. When he show you what's in your heart, he's remember, he's trying to get something to us. He's trying to teach us something. So now he said, now I need you to have grace and mercy, just like I have grace and mercy for you. Because you know God got grace and mercy for us. It's always amazing me how people can point fingers at folks, and they don't realize that, well, sometimes they don't realize that that saying God has grace and mercy on them has grace and mercy on me. And I appreciate the fact that he does. I'm telling you, but God knows how to do this thing, though. And you know that God don't show you everything. He just show you enough. And that enough is just enough. So you don't get discouraged and say, well, I'm quitting. I can't do all this. Everything I see wrong with me, I, uh, no, no. He will show you all that. He will show you that, hey, I got you. I got you. Ain't God wonderful, y'all? Woo, good God. It, at times it may, like, it may look like it's God, but we may have different motives. And so we got to understand that motives are different when it comes to God. Now, the Lord knows <clears throat> that according to Matthew 15 and 19, what's in our heart? Go to Matthew 15, 19. And there's other scriptures all throughout the Bible that talks about the heart. But I just want to deal with one and real briefly. Matthew 15, verse 19. For out of the heart proceed, notice this, evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, and there's probably a bleed more that goes on. That should be enough to realize that these things come from the heart. That's why our heart needs Jesus. Long story kind of short. Now, the Lord knows that the heart that's not mature in God can have evil come from it. Evil is defined as wicked, bad, twisted, pain, and trouble. Not only that, it can cause pain and trouble. When your heart is wicked, you can cause pain and trouble in somebody else's life. When you got a wicked heart, you can say something that causes pain and trouble in somebody else's life. You can say something with such a nasty attitude that it can cause pain and trouble in somebody else's life. God knows what he's doing, don't you? Mm, mm, mm. In my opinion, Jesus understood the trouble that evil heart can cause in relationships, careers, schools, families, finances, etc. An evil heart out of it can cause pain and trouble and cause you to lose your job. What's coming out, what's in your heart. You can say something to a supervisor and lose a job because of what's in your heart. Whole family can be destroyed because of what's said. Let me just say this to you real quickly and don't take this the wrong way. Everything in your heart don't need to come out your mouth. 
Everybody understand what I'm saying by that? Especially if you got a job or a business, you can't let everything that's in your heart come about your mouth. You're going to be unemployed. Ain't nobody going to hire you to about keeping it 100. 100 broke. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta be me. Yeah, be me ain't going to have no job. You don't let everything, that's, that's why Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is a regulator. He can regulate your heart. Yeah, you can, I'm saying, all kinds of stuff come up in your heart, in your mind, and you be thinking stuff, but you don't say everything come up in your, mm-mm. no, you don't do stuff like that. Well, I pray that you don't do stuff like that, all right? Let's, let's pray that you don't do stuff like that. Now, a wicked and twisted heart can split a family and even a church. Now, the second thing the Lord did, he had to do, he had to humble the children of Israel in order to reveal what was in their heart. Humble means to lower or to reduce. Humility has a way of teaching how to be reflective and be eager to change for the better if we allow it. If we allow it. And and I can say this to you. Being in the wilderness long enough will humble you. Being in the wilderness long enough can humble you. And God know what he's doing. He ain't got to do much. Oh, they, they think they got to go. Let me put them back about 10 more feet in the wilderness. 10 feet. Ain't a long way. 10 whole feet. Let me, let me rock them off. Three, six, nine. This bite right here. From there to there, falling in the wilderness can really humble you down. You start hearing stuff. Oh, you ain't never been to the dog and heard something? Oh, you ain't lived long enough then. You need, we all need. And God knows how to humble himself. God knows how to humble us. Now, let's go back over and look at Deuteronomy 8 and verse 2 again. And you should remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years he was in the wilderness. 40. That's a long time, y'all. That's a long time. That's a long time to be in the wilderness. And basically because they, he didn't want to be that long. It's their decision. And we need to understand what God is speaking to us. But 40 is an interesting word. Let's go back over to Matthew 4. I'm going to show you something about that 40 again. Oh, yeah, 40. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Two very familiar terminology. 40 years, 40 days. But 40 represents or can be defined as the testing time, a time of trials, a time of probation. Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, according to Matthew 4 and 2. Both were in the wilderness for a time of testing. Whereas Jesus conquered the test, the children of Israel did not. So we're going to pass the test. We're going to do it like Jesus said. Children of Israel, 40 years, 40 years in, that's a long time. 
And they could have came out. I'm going to show you how they could have came out in just a few minutes. But Jesus, 40 days, 40 nights, he conquered the test. He defeated the test. He passed the test. And if Jesus passed the test, he left us a formula so that we can pass the test too. If we're going to follow the formula. We'll look at the formula here in just a few minutes. Now, the key to Jesus conquering the test, it's the same key we need to conquer our test in life. So that our heart as well, and, excuse me, notice this, the same key we need to conquer our test of the heart so that we can live prosperously and supernaturally multiply. We must live by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Why do you say it, Pastor Dobbs? Let's go back over and look at these two scriptures real quickly. First of all, we'll start over in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3. So he humbled you. So remember, he talked about he's going to humble you, humble them and test them. And how did he humble them? Allowed them to go hungry. I'm telling you, when you get hungry, you get real humble. Only two people, I guess only three of us have been hungry before. I guess the rest of y'all pray for the rest of us, all right? But, boy, when you get hungry, I'm telling you, you get all that wolfing you be talking. When they, people get hungry, all right, they get real picky about their food. Hungry folks ain't picky about their food. Not real hungry folks. Tell me, I ain't going to eat this right here. Ooh, I, I'm, I, I'm turn my nose up there. I don't want to. This don't smell right. Mm, ooh, ooh. They ain't real hungry. <laughs> they ain't hungry. They ain't hungry. I've been saying, this is my mind. Folks be live. ooh, this look nasty. You ain't hungry. <laughs> you ain't hungry. But he knows what Jesus did. That's what the Lord did. So he humbled you, allowed you to go hungry. Then he fed you in manner which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Gave him something they had never seen before. Gave him something that they, listen, Hey, y'all ever ate something like this before? Mm, what's that? Man. What do you mean, man? Man means what is it? <laughs> so he said, I'm giving you something, and you, and you ask me what it is, and it's called what is it? <laughs> it's almost like a tongue twister. But anyway, man means what is it? And, you, and the, basically, they were eating stuff they had never seen. Could, could, hey, you ever had to vote? No. Nobody never had it before. This was the first time it was introduced on earth. And so not only did uh, the people who before them had to eat it for the first time, the children of Israel, the people of the age had to eat it for the first time. Everybody was eating it for the first time. And notice why he did it. That he may make you know. That he might make you know. That man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How you conduct the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act is by the word of God. How you going to pass the test? You have to let the word be your guide. You have to let the word teach you how to think, how to talk, and how you act. So that whenever test comes your way, it's always based on the word. So if I'm going to pass any test that comes my way, 
before I go to my land of more than enough I, and take it back, the advantage that God given to me, I've got to use the word in my everyday life. I got to apply it. I got to apply it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If I'm going to pass the test, I got to apply the word of God. Now, let me show you something. Let me show you someone who did pass the test. Go back over to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Let's start at verse 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, commanded these stones become bread. Jesus being tested. Jesus is being tested. Tester is someone who is there to challenge your faith. In life, the enemy going to challenge your faith. People will challenge your faith. Sometimes we challenge our own faith by the stuff that we do and say and so forth. Sometimes we'll talk ourselves out of our own blessing. God get ready to bless me. And you go through a rough trial and you'll talk yourself out of it. So anyone that tests your faith is what the tempter is in this particular case. But when Jesus was in the desert being tempted by the enemy, he told the tempter the same thing. Matthew, the same thing that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And we read in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I want you to notice something about this test. One, two different things about this text, this test. The children of Israel had to deal with their flesh. They had to deal with um, their thinking, their talking, and their acting. They didn't have to deal with the devil. Jesus conquered the flesh by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He passed that test. Now he was on to the next level. And I appreciate the fact he went to the next level. So in turn, we can learn how to pass the test of life when it comes our way. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus gave us the pattern to pass the test? It really, he gave us the answers. It's good to have answers to the test. Mm-mm-mm. The question is, are we going to use the answers once we get them? Isn't it sad that you got the answers, but you ain't even going to use them? God will give us the answer every Sunday and every midweek, but yet we'll find a way to mess that up. Got the answers right here. God said, listen, I'm sure you have to pass the test. Same way Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then when Jesus got the test, he said, this is how I'm going to pass the test. I'm going to, what's written? Okay, Lord. I'm going to pass the test by what's written. I'm going to pass the test by what's written and revealed. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm going to pass the test in my life. So when oppression and depression and and thoughts of anger or suicide or anything else comes in my life, i got to pass it the same way Jesus passed the test. I've got to say what's written. I can't be getting my emotions and caught up in what I think about this, that, and the other. I've got to say what is written. 
just like Jesus passed the test. And I'm going to have to pass the test myself. Because when I'm in the wilderness, I can't go by my what I think about this thing. Because one thing I've learned about this, when I, when I was studying this, and I was looking at it to comparison, I was like, you know what? The children of Israel hadn't got to that next level yet. Jesus went to that one level, and then he went to the next level and passed the test. Children of Israel still dealing with their flesh. And some of us ain't careful, we still dealing with the flesh. This is what you got to be careful about. You don't think you're dead something because you don't conquer your flesh two or three days. <laughs> really, you're just beginning to fight. Listen, you're just beginning to fight. You ain't even went to this next level yet. Y'all see in the scripture. Jesus, he, he dealt with the flesh. He started dealing with the devil. devil no, but notice, it wasn't the devil doing something. The devil said, if you be the son of God. If, oh, God, did God say what he said? He failed the test. Adam and Eve failed the test. Oh, you know, when, when the enemy came for Eve, he was a slick one, wasn't it? Oh, he was a slick one, came in there. Hey, if, if, if you, listen, I'll paraphrase a little bit. But basically he said, you know what? Uh, that tree over there, that, is that tree really bad at what God said it is? Is that tree really that bad? Oh, no, nah, I don't guess it's that bad. It went over there and took a bite out of it. Failed the test. <laughs> Not only failed the test, we failed the test along with him. He took all of us with it. Hallelujah. But Jesus came. And when he passed the test, he took all of us with us. And so when he took us with us, we can pass the test too. We got to do what's written. What did God say? What's written? Uh, whatever you say, what's written? By his stripes, I'm healed. See, when you pass the test, it ain't going to look like you passed the test. Mm. Uh, two or three people got that. Let me break it down a little bit more for some of y'all. We walk by faith and not by what? Oh, what it look like. See, when you, see, when you, when it look like, it ain't going to look like you passed the test. Cause you're going by faith and you're not going by what? Sight. Cycle like you fail. But faith will make it say, oh, I, I got this. I got this. Because you're not doing it within yourself. You're doing it with his strength. His strength. That's why he said, I'm doing it seemingly abundantly above anything you ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Do you know when the children of Israel finally got to that promised land? Because remember, we talked about it a little bit later. Uh, they had to remember. Because if they didn't remember the Lord, that God to give them the power to get well, they were failing the test again. Because you can, you can pass it on one stage and fail it on the next stage. You got to know. Hey, let me tell you something. This one phase, don't get caught up in that one phase because the devil ain't stopping because you got through one phase. A lot of people got through one phase, and that's why it says those that endure to the end shall be saved. You got to keep on going. You got to continue to pass every phase of the test. And if you do fail, repent. Get back in that race again. Take the test all over again. And remember, the commandments ain't trying to get something from you. They're trying to get something to you. Remember, so you can live and multiply. Supernatural multiplication. That's why God wants us to pass the test. Ooh, how many getting it back?
How many understand that it's important that we pass the test? Amen. And remember, it wasn't us that got it done. It's Jesus that passed the test. And, he, and then he left us the answers. <laughs> Woo! I appreciate Jesus leaving the answers. Somebody say, thank God for leaving the answers. <laughs> Woo! Listen, he left them in 66 books. <laughs> 66. Genesis to Revelation, he left the answers. He said, you ain't got no reason now to, to fail this test. Even if it looked like you're failing, don't you ever think you're failing. Even if it, it seemed like you're failing, don't ever think you're failing. Every time you come to the house of God, there's hope. There's strength. There's love. There's another opportunity to pass the test. Amen? All right, stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.